Entrepreneur on Fire 593. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful entrepreneurs. Join John Lee Dumas and today's Entrepreneur on Fire. FreshBooks is a simple cloud accounting solution that helps thousands of entrepreneurs and small business owners save time billing and get paid faster. Try it for free at freshbooksoffer.com and join over 5 million users running their business with ease. Stream audio of all your favorite books on audiobooks.com using your smartphone, tablet, or PC. And guess what? You can get your first book for free today. Go to audiobooks.com slash fire. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Sean Ellis. Sean, are you prepared to ignite? Yes, I am. <laughs> all right. Sean is the CEO of Qualaroo and founder of growthhackers.com. Prior to Qualaroo, he held marketing leadership roles with breakout companies, including Dropbox, LogMeIn, Uproar, Eventrite, and Lookout. Sean, I've given our listeners just a little overview, so take a minute. Tell us about you personally, because we want to get to know you, then give us an overview of your business. Live in Southern California, and um, I've been in startups kind of my whole career, and uh, was with some with some great ones as the head of marketing. And now I've been working on my own businesses for about three, four years, something like that. And give us a little glimpse in your personal life, Sean. Personal life, I have uh, I have two kids, two girls, and I coach my younger daughter's soccer team. And I've been doing that for, this is my third season. And uh, just, you know, happy home married life. And then, uh, but yeah, obviously as an entrepreneur, it's always, always a balance of trying to keep, keep the family happy and, and keep the business rolling. So I think I do a pretty good job of finding that balance. Well, that's cool because that's actually a question that I'm going to pose later, Sean, about how you do keep some semblance of a balance. Because of course, as entrepreneurs, that's all we can ever ask for is some semblance. But before we dive into your journey, Sean, we always start Entrepreneur on Fire Off with a success quote, with a mantra to really get that motivational ball rolling. So take it away. My success quote or mantra is basically uh, just double down on success. Anytime something's working, try to figure out why, double down on it, focus energy, resources, and everything on the things that are working. And sometimes that means backwards looking. So I realized that something that was working has stopped working. That's about sort of uh, going back and figuring out what was working. But there's a, there's a lot more to be learned from what's working than, than what's not working in my mind. So, Sean, what we love about Entrepreneur on Fire is we talk about real-life examples. Can you tell us a time that you doubled down on success? Like, really take us there, not aerial, but ground level with you when you double down. In my current business, so um, Qualaroo is, uh, is, is part of the business, and one of the, one of the interesting things that we've had is that we've had a couple of, of really fast growth periods and then a couple of periods where it, where it slows down a bit. And um, what we realized when we had those fast growth periods was that we had very focused sort of simplified messaging around that we, we provide insights for, uh, for improving the user experience on a website. So optimizing that, that user experience. And every time our growth tends to flatten out, it's because we start trying to 
tell the world what we want to be rather than what they want. And so we kind of really clutter our messaging. And so that that's uh, something pretty recently just in, you know, we're in one of our best growth spurts in the company over the last uh, two or three months. And it's been, it's been about getting back to basics. And, and that roadmap was really in, in the results of the best performing times over the last couple of years and in the business, it just keeps going back like, okay, we're, we're just, we're, we're taking our eye off the ball and trying to get too far ahead of what we're, what we want to be rather than, rather than what, what people really want. And so that, that would be, um, that would be ultimately something that I think about quite a bit these, these days. In the military, Sean, my sergeants would always bark at us, soldiers, kiss, Keep it simple, stupid. There's no reason to overcomplicate things. When you try to overcomplicate things, you really can just be, like you said, cluttering your messages. And, you know, especially on the battlefield, when those bullets fly, if you have a complicated order, it's not going to get executed. And that translates to real life and that translates to entrepreneurship. When those bullets start flying, when the orders start running in, when the emails start pouring in, if you have a simple plan, it can be executed. But if you really just try to get complicated and try to get, you know, really a little too nifty, things can mess up pretty quickly. And Sean, what we do here at Entrepreneur Fire is we really focus on your journey as an entrepreneur. We really like to focus on your journey, your successes, of course, your aha moments, but we always start with a failure. So take us to a time in your entrepreneurial journey when you did fail and share with us those lessons you learned. So failure is a big, big part of success in, in a startup. Um, I mean, ultimately, uh, ultimately, the only way to kind of learn the things that are going to work is to do lots of experiments. But um, my business started as a what I, what I would call as like a a big experiment that failed to the point of I had raised five and a half million dollars from investors for a for a vision that I was sure could could be could be you know something that we could make real and and execute on and. Um, we got about a year, year and a half into it, and it just became so clear to me that we had a lot of just flawed assumptions around around that vision. And um, essentially, what we we're trying to build was a was a sort of discovery marketplace. A lot of software companies had moved to a ver- to a model where they have a free version and a paid version of the software, and um, it just felt like a lot of the old distribution platforms were not we're not set up for that reality. And so I tried to create a new distribution platform that was more tailored to the way a lot of software companies were growing. And um, so I got about a year, year and a half into it and realized that, um, that it wasn't, was not a viable path. Um, unlike a lot of entrepreneurs who, who kind of go down a path where they're just so certain, but they don't have any money to back it up. I actually had lots of money left, but was, was actually pretty sure that we were on a dead end path. And so, it's a, it, it, that was a really hard time, a dark period for me of, of essentially saying, what are we going to do? You know, I've got, I've got these, these investors who've trusted me with this money. I've got a team who's, who's trusting me with this vision and I have to try to hold the team together, come up with a new vision, blast a new path and, and ultimately try to grow a business in a different direction um, and keep everybody excited about it, including myself. There was lots of times where I, you know, where I, I just, I wanted to uh, throw the towel in and do something different, but I just felt really obligated to investors. And, and uh, so we ended up 
acquiring some technology from another company and um, and then still still had some operating capital left and have basically spent the last year and a half building a business around that that um, that now is on a on a great trajectory and you know it's we're definitely these are happy days compared to that time but um, it was it was a difficult period a, a really hard turn to to get to this point um, but uh, but but I'm glad we we stuck it out. So what was the ultimate reason you decided that the path that you were originally on wasn't going to work? Like what was that reason specifically? The realization that the average person only needed a, a piece of software, a new piece of software, maybe, or even businesses, you know, maybe two or three times a year. And most new businesses need to be built off of habitual sort of user habits, user behavior that, are, that, are, that happen over, over a period of time. I'm repeating those, those user habits, and um, and we just couldn't drive that habitual usage. So the people who were coming back to our site were coming back once every two months, and um, the feedback was great. People loved it. We had pretty good pretty good traction while we were on, while they were on there, but um, it just was it, it, the people who remembered to come back were the exception, and um, and so it, it it became pretty clear that we were not going to be able to drive habitual usage of the product. And at the same time, some of our assumptions around customer acquisition channels, and um, there was a lot of changes that were happening in Google at the time. And, uh, and Google essentially set some rules that, that said a lot of things we were doing were not, were not compatible with, with how Google needed things to be done. And so, um, so Google was one of the was one of the channels that we really expected to be able to grow the business off of. So the channel was shut down, the user behavior was shut down. Um, that kind of each of those pieces without those two without those two key engines of growth, it became pretty clear that if if we were going to build a business, it wasn't going to be a very big and interesting business. And that's not what venture capital investors put money into. So um, it, it just seemed like a pointless path to to continue on. So Fire Nation, there's a couple lines of thought here. I mean, you have this great book by Seth Godin called The Dip, where he talks about how so many entrepreneurs and so many small business owners quit just before they hit that point where they actually would find success in their company. They walk away right before they're going to see that success. And in the same book, he actually makes the point that, listen, if you're in a hole, sometimes the only way to get out of that hole is to stop digging. And, you know, I mean, that obviously kind of clouds the answer a little bit because there is no perfect answer. There never is. But, you know, what Sean did, you know, he looked around. He saw that things were changing in the environment. Google, you know, a pretty big player in the space, you know, was making some rules that were really impeding upon their vision as well. And, you know, he made the decision to adjust, to pivot, to go in a new direction. And, you know, that might have been him getting out of the hole instead of continuing to dig. Or who knows, you know, maybe it was him walking away right before that that big up upward swing, you know, and that dip, you know, it's not easy to tell, but they chose to go that direction. And Sean, what I want you to do for Fire Nation right now is to boil it down into just one lesson that you learned from that that whole experience in your life that you would want our listeners to walk away with. 
the big lesson I think from an entrepreneurial perspective would be that it's never as bad as it feels like it is and it's never as good as it yes. feels like it is. And so <laughs> the, the journey of an entrepreneur is one that's pretty manic. And so like one day you feel like you're going to take over the world and the next day you feel like <laughs> you know, the world is going to end and, and that, that the, the truth is that it's somewhere in between. And so I think particularly as a leader, it's, it's something that when – when there's irrational exuberance on the team, I need to sort of bring everybody down a notch and say, hey, guys, we got a lot of hard work to do. And when things are tough, I need to say, hey, we're going to get through this. This is not this is is this just a little bump in the road and we'll get past it. And so it's, uh, you know, and, and, and when I'm telling the team that I'm also telling myself that that it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's definitely it's it's a wild ride and one that, um, you know, for me, the, the trade off obviously is. Anything else would be extremely boring. So it's the, all the things that make it a, a roller coaster, the things that I love about it, and that's why I do it. But um, sometimes that, that ride can get a little too wild. Fire Nation, that's one of my favorite phrases for entrepreneurs to truly absorb because it's so, so true. It is never as good as it seems, ever, but it's never quite as bad as it seems either. It's always somewhere there in the middle. And, you know, these roller coasters of emotions that we're going on, you know, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, like we need to try to try to keep some semblance of a balance somewhere in the middle. And Sean, what I want you to do now is continuing to talk about your journey. You know, I mean, you had this trial and tribulation, this really deep, dark time in your life that you had to make a decision. As you put it, am I going to blaze a new trail? Am I going to blast this new path? Like, I love that kind of entrepreneurial gunslinging mentality. And obviously you took that route. So talk to Fire Nation right now about the other end of the spectrum. This time that you had an aha moment or a light bulb that went off at some point in your journey. And Sean, again, take us down to the ground level, to that granular level. We want to be there with you when you have this aha moment and walk us through the steps you took to turn it into a success. I acquired this this technology that that basically helped us to collect insights while someone's navigating a website. It keeps them on task, and then the feedback that they give you about the times that they're or the the challenges that they have lead you to these experiments to improve that that website visit. And part of what I looked at was I wasn't that excited about. Uh, about that as a business, it was. I think it was needed, but it, it felt fairly, fairly small relative to what I wanted to do. And so that that's you know, it comes back to part of that problem of where I was saying, like, users wanted us for that, but we what we knew is that some of our customers were actually using using Qualaroo to to drive conversions directly. And we had one that eighty five percent of the signups came through some clever programs that they set up with with Qualaroo. And so that was some of the stuff that we wanted to do. And um, but, you know, that balancing act of trying to trying to make sure that um, trying to make sure that we we were meeting the needs of customers and still being still going in a direction of an exciting vision. Um, that's been a lot of the challenge of kind of getting to this point. But I think what's been what's been really interesting is that about uh, about eight or nine months ago, we had a potential acquirer come to us that wanted to acquire us for for more than 10x what we paid for the assets. So it's kind of 
less less than a year later, we we had um, somebody who was willing to spend some pretty significant money on an acquisition. We'd be able to return all capital to our investors, make money ourselves, and it was kind of exciting to to think about that, particularly given that I wasn't that excited about what we're working on. But the aha moment for me has sort of been. During that time where we said, you know, selling out now would be really be too too low for what what I think we can do for our investors, so we decided to stick with it. But we are still kind of in that mental part of like incremental of you know some something that's not necessarily going to be huge, but it's going to be good for our investors. And um, but what I started to look at is that we had the seeds of something that could really be transformative in the space of marketing. And so last October we launched GrowthHackers.com. Which was, which was really uh, building a community around all the new effective ways to drive growth in businesses, and um, and when, so when I looked at the bigger challenge for companies, it was about unlocking growth sort of across a company, which required tools, which required expertise, and that the aha moment for me has been, has been basically we've built this community that in the last. Just in the last 30 days, it grew by 60%. We haven't put any money into trying to drive that growth. It's been very, very organic. It's this, I think it's this thing that's that's really valuable. Um, and and you've seen a, a lot of companies um, and 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 leaders talking about growth hacking. I mean, one one of the Jonas Brothers tweeted this weekend about growth hacking. So it's. <laughs> When you know when you, I mean, it's a term that I made up a few years ago, and so you know something has started to hit mainstream when you know it was in Forbes twice this last week. Um, a Jonas Brothers tweeting it out. We've got this community that's growing rapidly around some of these ideas. We've got this tool set that's growing, and that for me, the really the aha moment was we can we can do something in the marketing space that that actually redefines growth and marketing for businesses and and truly leaves a, a mark in the world. And that, and that to me, um, while it's sort of grandiose in some senses, like I've, I know that I've seen the opportunity for an incremental type of outcome and pass that up. And it's, it's just really exciting to know that we're, we're now, we're now committed, whether, whether we succeed or not is, is another question, but we're now committed to trying to do something really big and really interesting. And, you know, and part of that is keeping our value propositions around each of the components of a broader solution really simple and, and focused on on what an individual customer need is but uh, but that that to me has sort of been the aha moment of just the momentum that we've seen behind this community and while at the same time our revenue going at a really nice clip around the different tool stuff and then having a whole bunch of things up our sleeve that we feel like can connect those dots and and continue to build something pretty interesting so, Sean, you're a father. You coach your daughter's softball team. You're an entrepreneur. You're running a company. Um, you're a husband. I mean, how do you, Sean Ellis, keep some semblance of a balance throughout your day-to-day, your week-to-week? What are some of your secrets? I do feel like a lot of times that I'm, I'm unraveling at the edges of things, but it's the relentless prioritization that, that basically says um, – yeah, I'm not going to sacrifice my kids. So if I have a choice, I between attending back, you know, parent-teacher conference night or, or, you know, doing something that's optional around the business, I'm always going to take the the parent thing because I can't get that time back. Um, I, you know, but the, yeah, I have, I have probably 20 requests 
a week for people to only get a half hour of my time or an hour of my time. And a lot of them are, are contacts that I've had for a long time and friends that um, need a little help. And I just can't say yes to everybody. So that's, that's one of the areas where, it, where I tend to, where I tend to, to basically say, you know, just unrealistic for me to be able to do that. And, you know, some people are understanding and some people don't like when I do that. Um, but, and then the final piece is that I do try to carve some time out for myself. So, I, um, I try to go surfing at least once a week, hope, hopefully even twice a week. And that, that gives me a little of that, just me time, that, that personal Zen and, um, you know, keeps, keeps me from letting my health spiral out of control. And it's, and a little bit of it's even the blending. So with the soccer coaching, uh, I go out and I, I tend to be pretty obsessive over whatever I'm <laughs> doing. So if uh, it's a great counter obsession to the, to the business, it's not, it's not like some coaches where like their ho- whole ego is tied up in the success of the team. Um, like on the scoreboard for me, it's really about having an opportunity to mentor each of the kids to help them tap into their own individual potential and learn to play together as a team and learn the joy of winning. And it just, happens that that's actually a pretty good way to build a good winning team too. And, and so our, our team, this, this season, for example, is in first place and we've scored 24 points to two points scored against us over five games. So (laughs) it's a really good team. The competitive side, Sean's coming out. It's okay. That's what makes a great entrepreneur is powerful stuff. And what I want to do now is really take things to present time, Sean, because I really want you to take a couple minutes to share with Fire Nation one thing that just has you really fired up about Qualaroo today. Probably it would be on the growth hackers end of the business when I hear from from marketers who are pretty early in their career and they say that the opportunities that have opened up by participating in the community for them individually have been transformative in their careers. So they come in, they engage with content, they discuss growth articles submitted by other people. And before you know it, they're demonstrating their ability to uh, to understand how a company's growing and to make, make interesting comments and suggestions about what they would do in that situation and, and the recognition that people that outsiders get of their skill set through that process and doors that are opened to me is pretty exciting. And um, that, that kind of level of collaboration that starts to starts to take smart marketers and put them together to talk around, talk about uh, effective ways to grow businesses is, is just really exciting to kind of watch, watch that happen because it's uh, it's not something that's very easy to replicate. It took, it took, months of seven days a week, heads down, teams working through through weekends to, to kind of prime the pump to get to that point. But the fact that that it's now at that point where it's where it's growing without the marketing resources needing to go behind it and um, and just the enthusiasm in the community uh, and and what it's doing for individual people to me is is the thing I'm most excited about. Love that. And Sean, before we hit the lighting round, let's thank our sponsors. You probably heard me say more than once on Entrepreneur on Fire that the best thing you can do right now is just start. Just start listening, that is. Right now, audiobooks.com is offering Fire Nation your first book for free. No strings attached. 
Audiobooks.com offers a great selection of titles. In fact, their entire library holds over 40,000 titles. You can find great business reads to keep you motivated and focused like Crush It and Utility. And the major benefit of listening to audiobooks is that you can take them anywhere you go. All you have to do is download them to the audiobooks.com app on your Apple or Android device for offline listening. If you check out audiobooks.com and like what you see, they also offer some amazing membership benefits like one audiobook per month plus 33% off each additional title you listen to. So head on over and sign up to get your first book for free today at audiobooks.com slash fire. Are you still using Word or Excel to create invoices? Do you lose receipts or forget to keep track of your expenses? Save on time and taxes with FreshBooks, the easiest way to send invoices, capture expenses, and track your time. FreshBooks is accounting made for you, the non-accountant. It's the simple cloud-based solution that's helping thousands of new entrepreneurs and small business owners save time billing and get paid faster. You can try FreshBooks for free today at freshbooksoffer.com. And here's an awesome deal for you, Fire Nation. Right now, save 25% off of FreshBooks. Go to freshbooksoffer.com, sign up for your free trial, then call 866-303-6061 and mention FIRE to get your 25% discount. This is a limited time offer only for Fire Nation, so don't forget to enter FIRE in the How Did You Hear About Us section when signing up for your new account. And Sean, we've now reached my favorite part of the show, the lightning rounds, where you get to share incredible and mind-blowing answers with Fire Nation. Sound like a plan? (laughs) I will try. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Fear. Stacking the deck in your favor of winning, and um, but at a certain point, you just got to take the leap and... uh, and I, I was I was afraid to take the leap. And now that I'm on the journey, I'm 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 excited that I'm on the journey. That I'm, but it, it's it's a little scary taking that first step. It is, Sean. What's the best advice you've ever received? Probably from my brother-in-law, really early in my career, where he said, "Take a chance on a really early stage company because you'll have levels of responsibility and up trajectory that you wouldn't have in a in a big safe organization." Sean, share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success. I would, I would, I would say surfing. Sean, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? Probably Dropbox. The fact that I have accessibility to all of my, all of my files from any device, any time. So basically, it is the folder that I save everything to. And... Um, and it, it makes it as long as I have good authentication to get into my computer, I don't even worry if I if I lose my computer because it's it's suddenly disposable if your files are all are all accessible elsewhere. And Fire Nation, you can find the links to this resource and everything that we've been chatting about in today's episode at eofire.com slash Sean Ellis. And Sean, if you could recommend just one book for our listeners, what would it be? Cialdini's uh, influence. It's, it's just pretty fascinating on how the human mind works, and um, it's got just seven seven things that it talks about for, for being able to influence people. And from a marketer's or manager or entrepreneur's perspective, that's a really important skill set to have. 
Well, Fire Nation, I know that you love audio, so if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook just like this one for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And Sean, this next question's the last of the lightning round, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I would start to find out if there's certain unmet needs in that world that have been met in, in my existing current world and, uh, and you know, ultimately try to, try to build a business around solving those problems um, because it's, you solve the right problem, it's a pretty easy thing to build a business around it. So, Sean, I've enjoyed hearing your journey. And let's end by you giving Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, sharing the best way that we can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. Some of the things that drives me crazy about other people um, is that not everyone not everyone is is willing to work as hard as as some entrepreneurs that that kind of put themselves out there but at the same time that's that's why there's so many opportunities left is that it takes it takes a unique person to step up and fill those voids and if you feel like you're one of those people don't get frustrated by the by the sort of lack of ambition and and willingness to put what it takes in other people, look look at that as your advantage if you've got that to to step in and and take that role because uh, it's it's definitely it's definitely a um, it's a it's a way to create a lot of value in the world is to is to fill those voids and not not too many people are willing to do that. Um, so good good way to get a hold of me is uh, follow me on Twitter at uh, Sean Ellis. Uh, just at Sean Ellis, so S-E-A-N-E-L-L-I-S. And uh, I um, I tend to respond if, if people uh, send me tweets. So um, that's, that's probably the best way. Wonderful. Well, I love that parting piece of guidance, Sean. It is so true. We've seen it time and time again here on Entrepreneur on Fire. So Fire Nation, if you are one of those people that's willing to put in the work, as Stephen Pressfield says in his book, Do the Work you'll be shocked at where that gets you. And Sean, Fire Nation is aware they can find the links to everything that we've been chatting about today at eofire.com. In our search bar, just enter Sean, S-E-A-N, and his show notes page will pop right up. And Sean, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise and experience. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. All right, thanks, John. Fire Nation, are you ready to find out if Podcasters Paradise is right for you? Well, if you're looking for a lively community of over 350 podcasters, then I think you're going to love Paradise. We have over 100 video tutorials in our ever-evolving library of how to create, grow, and monetize your podcast, and we're adding more all the time. Plus, our forum is bustling with great advice from top-notch engagement. Visit podcastersparadise.com to claim your spot at our free podcast workshop today. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. Ignite. 